What's up, everybody? I'm Joe Longo, and this is the Inspired Creativity Podcast. Each week, I get together with some of the most inspiring and creative people I know to share their stories with you in the hopes that it inspires you to get out into the world and start doing what you've been put on this planet to do. I feel we've all been put here for a reason. It's an amazing opportunity that we have to be alive at this present moment in time. Everything is at the tip of your fingertips. There's no more middleman in the way of you getting out there and doing what you want to do. If you want to have a podcast, make a podcast. If you want to be a painter, be a painter. If you want to do anything, you can do it. Right now is the best time to be alive. And I hope that these stories, these people that I'm sharing with you, inspire you to get off the couch and out into the world, living the life that you've been put on this planet to live. This week on the Inspired Creativity Podcast, I'm talking with Perry O'Hearn and his wife, Nicole. Perry is the owner of Philly Fitness in the Rittenhouse area of Philadelphia. He's a fitness professional. He's been changing the lives of people in Philadelphia through health, wellness, nutrition for many years. And we talk about his his path and what got him to this position. Because like most of us, Perry was not always a fitness professional. He actually, you know, had a couple amazing jobs and decided to leave what he was doing to follow what he felt inside and he's still doing that to this day he just signed a lease for a new space for another gym in the fairmount area of philadelphia and him and nicole recently purchased a big van that they are currently in the process of converting into their home and in spring of 2019 they're gonna hit the open road and take off and really enjoy life, experience life, have adventures, not collecting things, but collecting memories and adventure and living life to the fullest, which I think is so inspiring. And it it shows that you can really do anything you put your mind to. It also shows that you can have a business, you can be a business owner and actually set your business up the right way that you can truly live the life that you want. That you don't have to be stuck sitting in your office and not being able to experience life or only being able to experience life on the weekends. Perry has figured out a way to master life on his one website it actually says lifestyle architect and i believe perry has totally designed his life in the most beautiful way from having very successful businesses to finding love and then chasing their passion together as a couple so enjoy the episode check out the links in the show notes follow perry and nicole on all of the social networks their Facebook and Instagram is a couple wanderers. I will link it down below. So not a lot of announcements this week. Pretty much to keep it short and sweet, head over to joelongophotography.com. Click on events and you can see what I have going on the next couple of weeks. You can also practice yoga with me every Tuesday and Thursday at the new Yoga Brain in East Falls. It's a kundalini class. It's a quick 45-minute lunchtime class. It's a lot of fun. If you hear this episode and you want to come to my class, you can be my guest. 
just send me a message. Say, hey, I want to come try this Kundalini stuff and I will hook you up with a guest pass for class. Again, that's at Yoga Brain in East Falls, Philadelphia. Tuesdays, Thursdays, 12.15 to 1 o'clock. Really short, quick blast of Kundalini goodness. And now, kick back and enjoy the episode, and I will talk to you next week. Longo, this is the Inspired Creativity Podcast, and I'm sitting in Perry O'Hearn's living room with his beautiful wife, Nicole, and we're talking about all, all kinds of fun things that are going on in Perry's life. Many things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, taking the time to hang out and chat with me. My pleasure, man. Um, I, I remember the first time we met in, I think it was Joe, coffee shop, yep. and I left. And as soon as I got home, I sent him a message, Perry, a message. And I'm like, dude, that was so much fun. Do you know who Tim Ferriss is? You remind me of Tim Ferriss. You're super fucking inspiring. <laughs> like, it was just like you have this very inspiring Yeah, quality. I remember the conversation. I don't remember how we connected or why, but it was just like, hey, I like your vibes. Let's just meet. Mm. Joe's Unwritten House was like an easy spot. And then it was just one of those conversations that just we met and then... Like a half hour, 45 minutes went by super fast. And I was like, I can tell we're going to stay connected. Yeah. And it's been like that. Like even, I can't remember the last time, well, last time I saw you is when I just bumped into you in May. Yeah, a photo a shoot, yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know, there's, there's certain people that I meet that I just know, like, even if I don't see you or talk for three or five, six months, mm-hmm. when we do, it's going to just be like r- right back. Right, back. you just drop right back. Yeah. And it's, you know... Being in the yoga world, there's you see all of those T-shirts. Your your vibe attracts your tribe, mm-hmm. and it, for as wonky and as hokey as it sounds, it's so true though. Yeah. Like you just you know you got that energy. It's like yeah, I connect with this person. So, I wanted to chat about you and what you're doing and the gym. So you're the owner of Philly Fitness. I am. How long have you? How long has the gym been open? So the brick and mortar has been open for just over five years now. And then I started the company, I think it was around maybe six or seven years ago. But when I first started, it was just me kind of bouncing around from people's houses. And I really started it just out of like hope that it actually became something. I was like, if I fake it and pretend like it's a real company, eventually it'll become something real. Right, you know? right. So have you always been in the fitness world? No. Um so my schooling background is in electrical engineering and mathematics. So 100% nerd. And I, and I did it because I was bottom 50% in high school. Didn't really try. Same. But I took my SATs <laughs> and I got a 780 on math. So I was like, okay. I knew math and science came easy. Mm-hmm. And so I just basically Googled what made the most out of college. And it the top two out of the top five or whatever were engineering. So I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. Um, so I applied to one school for engineering. Uh-huh. That was most people's safety schools, but I was like, ah, I'll just apply to one. I had to take a math placement exam to get into their program and I got a perfect score. Wow. So then all of a sudden I was put into like this advanced placement program for engineering and I was on my way. And 
about a year and a half in, I realized I hated it. <laughs> but I was, I was, you know, already a year and a half in. I didn't want to like restart school. I took law school, some like pre-law school classes, and there's a lot of words in uh-huh. books, and I was not about to start reading a bunch. Um, so I finished, but I got my degree. I did well, um, and then I got a job out of college working for a company called Raytheon, which is, I think, one of the largest missile defense companies in the world. Probably. Mm-hmm. They, they invented the Patriot missile. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're kind of a big deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but so I got a really good job. You know, it was 2008, so it was when the economy crashed, but I got hired right before. So it was one of those companies where you don't get fired. Mm-hmm. Like you could, I could easily have a giant 401k and I had great health benefits and I used to work in Hawaii and, but just like a year and a half into college, I re- realized I didn't like it about a year and a half into the job. I ended up quitting. Wow. Yeah. So when you quit, were you already in the fitness world or did you just be like, I can't I was, do this anymore. I, I was quit. on my way. So basically I ended up moving uh, closer to where I worked and just on my commute it was about a mile and a half commute from work to my home I ran by this gym and I just saw all these young high school college people working out doing a bunch of stuff I've never seen in a giant facility and so I just walked in and I was like oh I'm 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 a beast like I'm super in shape I can compete with anybody this mm-hmm. is like having a giant ego and I walked in and I learned that it was a 10 week collegiate you know athletic training program and I was like I want in there like we're th- we're three weeks in I was like, trust me man I'm good to go <laughs> I don't think I could sit comfortably for like three or four weeks after I started because I was so sore but it it just opened up my eyes to how little I actually knew and <laughs> movements that I had never done before and just seeing how 16 year old field hockey girls were stronger and more agile than I was and I thought I was like cream of the crop Mm -hmm. I was like it doesn't get any better than how I am right now and so it honestly just inspired me to take uh, classes so there's a school called the American Academy of Personal Training it's kind of like a vocational school Mm -hmm. to to become a trainer because most people do it just through a online uh, like an online course Mm -hmm. But this was a three-month night school, 250 hours. Half of it was curriculum. Half of it was actually practicing training people. Mm -hmm. So I started taking the classes, not because I wanted to become a trainer, but just because I was a nerd. And I was like, there's something I I like fitness, Mm -hmm. and I'm not as good as I thought I was. So I just started that. But as I got deeper into the course, I really realized how much that was calling me and how much I didn't like engineering. Uh-huh. And then I got into a really bad motorcycle crash and that kind of set me straight in the sense of I, I probably should have died. I, I crashed 70 miles an hour on the highway. Wow. And I just realized like life is really short and like it was a freak accident. A car bumper fell off of a car. The truck next to me hit it and it ricocheted and hit my front tire and I just went flying. Wow. Rush hour traffic in Boston. So I was kind of like, you know, I don't know how long this life is. I don't want to base my decisions off of my retirement in 50 years because like, mm. I almost just lost everything right now. So I essentially that 
I crashed on a Thursday. Monday, I walked into work and I quit. Wow. That's yeah. It's a bummer about the crash, but awesome. For, I, I survived. You know, having that, yeah. the courage then to just be like, I'm out. Yeah. And that was in the Boston area? Yeah. So I, I was living like north of Boston, like 20, 30 minutes north of Boston. Mm-hmm. And then when did you come south to Philly? So <laughs> I became a train. I ended up getting a job as a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that for about a year and a half. I have a cycle. Uh-huh. And I hated it. <laughs> uh, I, I purposefully picked a place that didn't pay well. But it had a really big mission to help people, especially people with type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. But you, even if you love what you're doing, you, you still need to earn a living. Right. And so <laughs> I was loving what I was doing, but I couldn't even afford the gas to get me to work and back. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of, it, it was this conundrum where I was like, okay, I, I was making good money as an engineer, but I hated what I was doing. Now I love what I'm doing, but I'm making no money. There's got to be this happy medium. And then I ended up blowing my knee out and needed uh, ACL reconstruction surgery and I didn't have health insurance. So I emptied my 401k that I had, mm-hmm. went back to zero. I was like, okay, now I'm totally broke. I can't even do, I can't train people anymore because I'm, I'm, you know, rehabbing my leg. So I, I tried to look for a in-between in terms of What's something that I can be focused on helping people, but that has potential and a high ceiling in terms of salary. So I, le- I was leaning towards physical therapy or medical school. Mm-hmm. So I have a family member who owns a PT practice and I spoke to them and they kind of steered me away from PT because just the world's different with insurance and everything like uh-huh. that. Um, so I applied to medical schools. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. So I, uh, I got into UPenn in Philly to, to do my post back and then mm-hmm. finish, finish a couple of those prereqs. And then I would, as long as I did decently on the, the MCATs, I think it is, I'd, I'd be a shoe into UPenn med school. Uh-huh. So I moved to Philly to pursue med school. And I took one day of one class and I realized I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't a year and a half At least time. it wasn't a year the and a half. The process sped up a little bit. So it got me out of Massachusetts. Um, and part of the problem in Massachusetts and part of the reason why I didn't like being a trainer was because everyone that knew me there knew me as the engineer. Mm-hmm. And so when I became a trainer, you know, at parties, at outings, when people would ask, what do you do? Everyone was just like, oh, he's kind of figuring it out. He used to be an engineer. He's, he's doing a training thing. And I couldn't get respect from people that knew me in my my quote unquote past life because right. they were like, well, you're not really a fitness guy. You're just, you were an engineer. Like I've, I've had beers with you. Like I, I know mm-hmm. you for who you like. So I couldn't really kind of reinvent myself in that way. And so when I came to Philly, it was a chance. I, I really only knew one or two people here. So it was my opportunity to say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm changing who I am. And it's just like an, it's a, it's a, blank canvas yeah you start reinvent yourself yeah so i moved down here you know to to pursue the medical school i dropped out and then all of a sudden realized how do i pay i'm i was absolutely broke i had no job so i started interviewing for engineering jobs again 
and I had my first interview on the phone and midway through the phone call, I apologized and just said, I can't do this. I, I'm wasting your time. Like I could just feel my soul just, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to go back to that one. Like, I don't want to give up on whatever direction I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. So I just um, started rehabbing my knee at, like a local gym at a Philadelphia sports club and I just saw trainers there and I was like, yeah, maybe I could just get a job here as a trainer while I'm, you know, I was able to walk and I could move. I just couldn't really lift yet. Mm -hmm. So I got a job there and, you know, I started working there and then I started doing construction on the side to kind of pay, you know, to make ends meet and was making a solid eight fifty an hour. And not to, to cut you off, but I remember you telling me a story that you were, training some people literally in exchange for groceries yeah so at philadelphia sports club i started making 850 an hour and you basically are just a, a janitor you mm-hmm. just walk around the floor you have really awkward conversations while you try to get clients and my first couple clients outside of the gym uh one was my roommate who the deal was i trained him five days a week and he had to buy dinner every night mm-hmm. and then um, I met someone else and the deal was I would train them five days a week and their family owned a little grocery store and they would let me take a bag of groceries whenever I needed it. That's... I think I got my food's worth. Sure, but, but it's, it's one of those things that food is important. Yeah. And really so, important. It, you know, making, cause making eight bucks an hour, I think construction, I was making 10, I was only making a couple hundred bucks a week. So that basically was gone once I paid my rent. Mm-hmm. So this way I could actually eat half decent food. And uh, yeah, and it just grew from there. And it was it was really strange because I I knew I loved training, but I was like, I, I fell out of love with it because of the, the price I had to pay of not making money in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it was just different in Philly. Like I really did rein, reinvent myself and people knew me as a trainer. Mm-hmm. And when I told people, oh, I used to be an engineer, what? Like, you know, you're not smart enough to do that. Like, and so you don't have that engineer. Yeah, mind. and so it was really great because I, I'd get introduced to other people. Oh, you got to meet my friend. He's a he's a trainer. Like he, you know, you should see what he the workouts he does. And I was able to build a really big community of people that either worked with me or just knew me as a trainer. And it just, I just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was totally unexpected. I was really just trying to do something to make some money so I could then figure out. And I was applying, I sent applications to, you know, to be an Alaska crab fisherman. I applied, <laughs> I sent, I sent, I applied to be a paratrooper for fires in California. I applied to be like a photographer slash like whatever you need me to do on someone's yacht. I was like, I just, I'll do whatever. Just, I, I was desperate. I was just really clueless to the, I knew where I, I didn't want to go back to engineering, but mm-hmm. I really had no clue of what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. And then it just kind of, I just kept moving forward and one client became two, became three, became 10, became 30. And it just, it just went from there. And then you decided to actually open up. Yeah. Space. So funny enough, I opened up the space kind of by accident. Um, so when I left PSC, I just happened to fall into this building. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So what happened was I was training out of a condominium complex. I had a contract with someone who had a contract with the building. 
And so I could use their gym in their building and train non-residents, which mm-hmm. is really rare to be able to do because I didn't live in the building and neither did they. Uh-huh. And I did that for about a year and a half. <laughs> and I loved it. I had a really big book. I was doing 40 to 50 sessions a week. And then one day I showed up and they said I couldn't come anymore. And wow. they had the building management had a falling out with the person I had a contract with. And so I worked out a deal with them to get a three month extension. And I had been looking at the space before with the guy that kind of screwed me over at the location. But mm-hmm. I just went back and I, I knew I had three months to figure it out. And I didn't know if they were going to extend me there after three months, but I didn't want to be in the same situation three months from now and not, you know, not take action. So I talked to the landlord there and I said, if you can build the space out and have it ready in three months, I'll sign the lease. And he was like, okay. So I signed the lease. I didn't have a business plan. I didn't have trainers. You know, I went from paying a couple hundred bucks a month to several thousand dollars a month. Because like, you are in a, a, a pretty um, high-end location. I'm in like the <laughs> highest-end location. I was like the first one in Rittenhouse, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was two floors. I was like, maybe I'll sleep on one floor and I'll train people. I was, I was like, I had no clue what I was going to do, but I just knew I could make it work mm-hmm. and it would hold me over for a couple of years because it was a three- or five-year lease. And after three months, I was able to get in there and then the building offered for me to train there for free, <laughs> like the where I was, but I had already signed a lease. Right. I was like, well, thanks, but that does me no good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the time I opened, I had three or four trainers that had caught wind of it and then they wanted to work with me and they wanted to bring some of their clients and all of a sudden, like a business. You had a business. Started and I had to <laughs> pretend like I knew how to do that. Right. But you've been doing it. Yeah. It's been five years. Yeah, a little now. over five years. I think we're close to like 35,000 sessions. Yeah. I mean, every time I, I feel like I, I go on to Facebook, it's like, we just hit another like milestone. More people. Yeah. We don't have enough space for all the people. Yeah, we don't. It's, <laughs> to turn it's, people it's, away. It's been, it's been a crazy ride. Like the, this is definitely a pattern. About a year and a half into it, it was a crazy upswing you know Mm -hmm. we were the i was the really i was really the first personal training studio there's yoga studios there was group fitness but i was kind of the first independent person to say i'm gonna have a main studio that just does personal training Mm -hmm. and especially being in rittenhouse it got a lot of attention it was just me so i was still in hustle mode where i was talking to everyone blogging about everything posting going to events and about a year and a half of doing that on top of still training people on top of building the space on top of managing people on top of being the accountant and the plumber mm-hmm. I just burnt out you know and I really burnt out and I think it really affected my team and it affected the client and affected even my own passion mm-hmm. with it so I started to fall out of love with something I loved right. you know and I found myself in the same situation I was like you know maybe this isn't for me again you know, maybe this is not where I want to be or what I want to be doing. And it really took like some deep soul searching and some hard lessons of, you know, losing some really valuable friends that I had losing, you know, because my team of trainers was just friends that mm-hmm. I, I knew in the world. And then they were like, Hey, I, 
I want to work for my friend, you know, and it just became a really difficult dynamic. And it, you know, there was people stealing and people feeling betrayed and just having to learn all those lessons and eventually actually own the fact that I own the business. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm the one that's the glue that holds everyone together and has to take the anger from the client. You know, I, I have to, I had yeah. to be that role. It, it, it took me probably from like a year and a half into like three and a half years to really get it mm -hmm. and figure out what's to my role it. here. Yeah. And yeah. in the last year and a half, it's been the most, maybe two years, it's been the most successful and smooth running we've ever been. And it's because I essentially fired myself. Mm -hmm. I essentially said, if I want this business to be successful, I have to get out of the trenches and I have to, I have to focus on running the business instead mm -hmm. of being busy with clients just because even though I love doing it, I love interacting with clients because you meet people that you would, you probably know from photography, you meet people that you would never normally meet yeah. and then they become lifelong friends and I miss that aspect but you know, I have a team of seven trainers, their, their livelihoods depend on me running the business mm -hmm. and it would be really selfish of me to only try to fulfill what I want to do and not see how how when I wake up at 5 a.m. and I train people till 4 p.m. and then do all the books and this, like I'm just a cranky Mr. Cranky Pants. I'm, that's the, <laughs> the, the most PG way of wording it, saying I'm a Mr. Cranky Pants. But I just can't function that way. I don't have the bandwidth to deal with, you know, the, any drama that comes up or any problems, and I don't have any, I don't have any more, you know, brain power at that point, and it it, it hurts everybody. You know, so it was a, it was a long transition to figure out how to do that, but it's been, it's been a game changer. Yeah. And it's just, and it's, I love it. And, it. and it's, and it's like I said, every time I go on the Facebook, it's like, we've booked more clients this month than ever before. And it just seems like every month I'm seeing one of those posts where it's like, yeah, you there's know, more people coming in. I don't know what to do with them. It's been amazing to, you know, once you remove yourself from the company, like, once you remove yourself from doing everything, you, you realize you need to figure out systems. Mm -hmm. But then once you have a system in place, then it's just... Then the machine can roll. It's a machine, yeah. And then you just, you're just doing maintenance. Mm -hmm. Okay, is the machine working? Oh, it is. Okay, let's fine-tune this. Let's apply this. And so when I stopped saying, okay, I'm going to be the sole reason why everyone comes here. And it's going to be because they know me and they read my posts and they read my blog and they see this picture of me. Once I stopped trying to be everywhere and I said, what, what's the message that the company wants to do? Here's a Facebook ad or here's mm -hmm. how we want to market the website or whatever it be. Then all of a sudden it became this consistent flow of new clients. And really the, the bottleneck now is whenever we get someone, we have two different types of clients that come in. It's either a normal person who wants a training session in the morning or the evening or it's a unicorn. <laughs> it's like, no, I can come whenever. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh huh. Because our bottleneck is we don't have availability in the busy times. Right. You know, I don't have trainers that can do those times. So that's the only reason why we're not really growing more is because I don't have the space, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great problem to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, 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 you have to take your ego out of it because, like, the business is doing so much better without me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's a weird. Right, but it's not like it's not do like like you're totally out of it. You're just not in it the way the way you were. Yeah, you just have to reach. You know, you have to 
get rid of the scarcity mindset and think right. like if I'm not physically there doing everything, nobody can do it like I can do it. And it's just all mm. it's just all nonsense. Yeah. It's just the, just the stories our head make up. So if you think that's inspiring, um, and if you know me, you know I love love. So just recently, <laughs> um, again, I remember having coffee and you're like, yeah, I was on this date with this girl. It's really awesome. Um, and then we had coffee again. And you're like, yeah, I think we're going to get married. And it was like, <laughs> no lie, maybe, I don't know, a month. A month, yeah. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool, cool. If you know it, you know it. So that's when Nicole popped into the yeah. picture. And it's been really... Has it even been a year? It has. So, so we got, we got, 13 months. Yeah, we got, yeah, but who's, I mean, who's counting, right? It's like a baby. It's still young enough where we count in months. Right, yeah. But we, we got married on our one year anniversary in the bar where we had our first date. Yeah, so there was a lot of meaning. I just got the chills. Yeah. And it's, it's so sweet. Um, I actually photographed their engagement. This is really sweet. Um, but you also now have this new endeavor that you guys are about to partake yeah. on. Yeah. They bought a van, a big <laughs> van. Yeah, and you're gonna... Yeah, phase one. So it was funny. At some point in our relationship, I think we were just, you know, sitting next to each other. Or, you know you how you tag each other on Instagram. And, you know, we'd always see these travel photos. And then we saw like a van photo. And one of us, I think, was I just... I think it was me. I was like... Like, babe, like, this, this is really cool. It would be, like, fun to do. Mm-hmm. And then he was, was like, like, what? Like, you would be into that? And she's like, yeah, that'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'd be following, like, hashtag van life forever. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> and So literally, from then, I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's, you know. Wow. Let's, yeah, so we just started, we started planning it out and trying to figure out, okay, how, how can we actually make this work? And, you know, one of the first steps of that was like can I step away that much from my business which mm-hmm. is why we we moved out of the city into a suburb just to say okay I can't physically walk to work like it has to be you know so again I have to create more processes and mm-hmm. we just started mapping everything out and yeah two weeks ago right two weeks ago today well, three first we- of October we, we got it we got it all right two weeks ago today we came home with the van <laughs> <laughs> so they have this beautiful white van and you're totally designing the whole interior yeah so i mean we've been like probably for you know just shy of a year i've been looking at pictures and dreaming about how i would design it so mm-hmm. now that we have it it's like oh shit this is real <laughs> like okay and you know we did like a little 3d sketch up and i have like a board of little design ideas that i want to do but Yes, yeah, so that's the exciting part. So, it and... what's like the the time frame on actually building out and then so our getting on the road? So our lease here ends in May. It's like May fifth. Yeah. So that's our. So you're out May fifth by by yeah. May. Yeah, that's our plan. And then, and there's not going to be like a home base. We're not. You're not, not keeping. You're just. So our plan. You're looking at talk about base. that again. Home, inspiring. Home base is on it's wheels. Like, we're out. We're on the open road. You know, I, the way I've always operated is I can't have a safety net. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if I'm going to do something, I need to do it. Otherwise, I think I just know I'm, I'm very lazy 
at heart. So it's like if I know I have a home base and the van, I'm going to, once it gets a little tough, I'm going to want to go back home. Right. So we, we, we want to test this out. And part of it is, you know, we don't always want to be in Philly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where our home base has been for eight years. Each of us have been here for eight years. But we don't know where we want to go. So we want to see as much as we can. And then whatever kind of calls and, you know, it makes our heart sing, mm-hmm. we just park it. <laughs> and did someone just let you use their van to go yes. on a little, like, so excursion? Right before we got married, I was like, uh, my parents came. Um, I'm originally from South Africa. So they flew for the wedding and they were going to be with us after the wedding. So the, we didn't we didn't have a honeymoon planned um, and the wedding was all us. So um, I was like, you know what? I want to surprise him with something right right before the wedding. Um, and he's like an adrenaline junkie. Mm-hmm. So I was, and, but he's done everything. So I was like looking for something cool that would be, you know, fun. And I was like, he's done everything and, you know, I don't know what to do. And then I thought, hmm, well, like there's some companies that rent out vans out west. But it was like super expensive and it wasn't really the style that we like. Um, and so there was a couple on Instagram and I was just like, hey, you know, we love your van and I, I love and we love following you. Um, we're going to get married and as a gift I'd like to surprise my husband could we fly out and we'll camp with you like we'll sleep in a tent next to your van <laughs> and then just like pick your brain and, and see it in person because um, yeah just the style was like, exactly what we wanted mm-hmm. and so she reached out and she was like well actually we're going to be in Italy that, that week um, we're going to think about it but we could rent it to you and we're, I was like oh my god we didn't, we, we didn't even, we did, they proposed the idea yeah. mm-hmm. we were really you know, you see all these things on Instagram and you're like, wow, that looks so beautiful and big, but it's a van. Like, and like, could we really Yeah, does do it, it? is that uh-huh. actually comfortable? So we wanted, she's camped a lot more than me. She's done the, not the Inca Trail, but she's hiked yeah, all through Machu, yeah. like a 50 mile hike for days. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But can we do that for five months? Like, mm-hmm. can we really live in a van? Yeah. Down by the river, <laughs> you know, and so it all worked out. So we they we, rented it we to us we for five for a nights. Week. Yeah, we went for a week, um, and we loved it. They, they they had a few quirks to their van, mm-hmm. um, but we were like, I was gonna be brand new, and there's certain things now we know since we've been in it. Now we know what we want and what we don't like, and like how it feels to be in it, mm-hmm. um, which helps with like even designing it. Um, so, so when yeah, you went, great. did you like actually go on a little trip or did you just kind of stay? Oh no, we traveled. Yeah, so we, we picked it up in like just south, outside. So, like outside, like just south of Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we picked it up and then the first day we just drove to Boulder and we went to a rock climbing gym and we were like, let's just meet some people there. <laughs> uh huh. And then we got there and we both realized we're both so introverted and we're both so awkward. <laughs> so we just like climbed in the corner by ourselves and we're like, I was like, I'm not you know, going to. I'm not introverted. T- if someone comes and talks to us, it will be like, open the floodgates. Uh-huh. It's but that, it's the initial. I'm the, like, I'm the same. Going like, up to someone and be like, hi. Um. Yeah. And, you know, so, and what, what was, we noticed was, you know, on the East Coast, the mentality tends to be work. Uh-huh. And it's like, if you're. Even if you take a lunch break, people are like, what are you doing? Yeah. You have work to do, you know? And so this idea of living in a van out here, we're crazy. We're the crazy couple. When when we went to Boulder, like at the Rock Gym, we, we climbed here at the Rock Gym all the time. But when we were there, the parking lot had 
four or five other vans. Yeah. Mm. And we're like, that's a camper van, that's a camper van. And when we told, so we were there. Totally and, fan, I was totally fangirling, like, oh, what? There's vans everywhere. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, it's a much more common mentality of like, be in nature, get away. And some people are just weekend warriors with their vans, but other people live full time. Mm-hmm. And so we couldn't get the, the courage to talk to anyone at the gym until we just started slacklining. And we were horrible at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we just it's ended so up... It's so much fun, right? Yeah, oh, it's a blast. Like, as if we need one of these. And so just going in the van. We, we started talking to this one guy that was just like giving us some tips. And then the conversation started. And he was like, hey, you should go to this lake. Um, it's, a, it's called Lost Lake. It's a beautiful spot. Um, and, you know, you could just park your van at the, the trailhead. So we were like, okay. So that night we just drove out there. It's a dirt road. We drove until the end of the dirt road and then just parked on the side of the road. And there was other cars mm-hmm. there. And we just did that. And then we it poured rain that night. And we were like, we're not wet. This is so much better than a tent. <laughs> right. You know, and we don't have to pack. We just got up. I made us egg sandwiches. We dressed. And then we went for a hike. And we were like, this is awesome. Like, you're right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was beautiful. And so we did a hike and then we spent, then we drove up to Rocky Mountain National Park and we, uh, we, we found a campsite in the National Park and we just stayed there for two nights. Two nights yeah. And we just drove, you know, we just drove around the National Park and then we would go, you know, do a hike and then drive back to our campsite and mm-hmm. then have a campfire. And again, we had a, had a full working kitchen. Um, didn't have a bathroom or anything like that, but we really did find there's always somewhere to go. You know, whether you're you are, and that's in nature, kind of the thing like, that I'm, that I keep thinking of with it because the van is big and it's beautiful, but it is it's like that one thing that isn't there is mm-hmm. yeah. And we're like a normal do. like I guess like camper camper. You right. have some kind well, some of some people have them in vans too. We we're just like you know what's obviously showering is important to us, but. You know, where, well, you, right. where you camp, a lot of the times, there is a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will have a shower out back. So in cold weather, yes, you couldn't shower. Um, but in warm weather, which we want to, like, you know, follow yeah. the warm chase weather. The yeah, yeah, chase the sun. Yeah, chase the sun. And, um, you know, we'll have it. You can put a little curtain up. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, a... And an outside a, shower a is always yeah. so great. Yeah. I, I think the big thing that we've realized is, you know, as we look to all these different vans for inspiration, you really, you like, you see the people's personality in their van design. Mm-hmm. And so you have to kind of just pick... You're living in 60 square feet. You are sacrificing something. And you just have to pick what's important, what's important to you. And then the focus becomes about that. And for us... You know, we we love being outdoors. We love hiking. You know, we love bike. We love snowboarding. All that, but like we don't own that equipment. Mm-hmm. We don't mind renting it. We love cooking and hosting people and like having board game nights. <laughs> so we want a lot of seating. We mm-hmm. want a really big kitchen. We want to be able to eat healthy. So we're not going to just have a you know a little propane burner. We're going to have a full oven. You know, like we want it to be like as comfortable as possible in that sense and mm-hmm. so for us we don't want the focus to be food but then under the sink is where we go to the bathroom right right so a lot of what a lot of designs do is you know you have a, a portable toilet in case you have food poisoning or right, like right, you're in yeah. an emergency but otherwise 
you're always driving around somewhere. And even campsites now they have something. Mm-hmm. Or you grab a shovel and you go in the woods. Harry did it yeah. in Colorado. I did it the first night and I was like, what? That wasn't really that bad. <laughs> and, yeah, but I'm sure once you get used to it, yeah, like, yeah. And, and you just realize, is it different? Yes. But like, we're still, you know, we take it for granted. Not everyone has running water in the world. Right. And it's like, is and it? Not everyone has a toilet to sit on. Not everyone has a toilet to sit on. And it's like, so sacrificing that like once in a while we have to deal with that or right. once in a while you know we have to go a couple days without showering because it's a little too cold or we run out of water mm-hmm. and we can't fill up right away or whatever it is it's part of the experience right. for you the know? adventure it's it, worth it for the places you're going yeah, yeah. yeah. for the, the ability you're doing like that's just yeah i would give the that experience. up for the, to uh, do that. Yeah, yeah. for the ability to to go to sleep you know under a full moon in rocky mountain national park and then the next day we just drove to Vale and we had beers at 11,000 feet up and then we slept in the van like to have the freedom to just say where do you want to go today and we got to experience Vale without like paying for a hotel there which is like $500 a night mm-hmm. it's just yeah there's just a lot of freedom to be able to explore and not have to worry like when do we have to get back home it's like your home is 10 feet behind you when right. you're driving it's in the back of the van so yeah, we've just picked what we want. And then the beautiful thing is if three months down the road or for me a year and a half down the road, you realize <laughs> something's changed and you know what? We, we we thought we didn't care. We want a shower and bathroom in it. Mm-hmm. You take a couple months and you redesign it and you, you rip some stuff out and then you're yeah. good to go. It's like so, you would do in your house. You're like, you know, exactly. we need to redo the bathroom. Yeah. So are you... Uh, already like planning out route to go or you're just yeah. like we're just gonna hop and so our plan right now is you know go start here once it's built out go up to canada across to alaska down the west coast and to central and south america but in september of next year we're going to be doing a vow renewal back in south africa um since you know my family's from there not a lot mm-hmm. of them to come um so we're gonna, wherever we are, pause, park the van, go to South Africa for a bit, yeah, um, we'll probably... travel, like that will be almost like our honeymoon travel, really experience South Africa and then end it with mm-hmm. um, our vow renewal and then come back and continue. But So once you hop in the van, will you be documenting the journey? Yes. Vlogging, video vlogging, doing all of that yeah. stuff? Our big, our big focus, you know, we've thought about it all because we've, followed a lot of people who have vlogged while they've mm-hmm. done it and and we love it and it's it's really helpful to learn a, different aspects of the the life but even when we've tried it sometimes we feel like it takes us out of the moment mm-hmm. because then we're really focusing on like okay make make your breakfast this way let me get this right, shot and right, that and right. And like, I missed that. Redo. You uh, stood it the wrong way. So, remake it. You know, we want to focus kind of on, we both love photography. And so we want to take photos and kind of be able to document it that way. And Nicole is beautiful with words and we have a blog already. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be kind of blogging and taking photos. And then eventually we want Is the blog to, out there already? It is. Yes. What's it called? Plug it, baby. T- tell everyone. <laughs> give, plug yourself. So a couple wanderers. That's our Instagram name. And then the blog is www.acouplewanderers.com. Um, and right now it's just like our story, 
you know, about how we met and um, like our wedding and all mm-hmm. that. And as this this journey unfolds, we'd start adding more of that because um, it is definitely different and it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and we just want to laugh. That's just like, you know, constantly evolving. We're like, we're, you know, just always being excited about what's next um, and, in, and enjoying the moment too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll track it. We'll share what, you know, we won't, there's like some people who are like, every Wednesday we release something. And if mm-hmm. we're just somewhere that doesn't have Wi-Fi, we're not, we don't right. be like, okay, we need to go back to a city so mm-hmm. we can post that. Um, yeah, we want to keep it just good. So you're just really allowing the experience to exactly. happen. And then we want to, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. But even the name, a couple wanderers to us, it's just, yes, we're just kind of wandering and traveling around, but a big thing to me has always been exploration and exploring, you know, quitting my job and moving. And then even how Nicole and I met, I mean, she moved in after three weeks and we just, oh, oh you know, mm-hmm. we got married after a year. We bought a van, you know, we're, so we're just always exploring the opportunity or the possibility of something to create happiness. So it's really just, we want to document like, look, we, here's our love story. Here's how crazy it's been. Mm-hmm. We're going with this. We're it's crazy. With this. Awesome. Yeah. And it's yeah, because like... we're both been so open to it, you know, and, neither of us have really run for the hills when the mm-hmm. other one proposes this crazy idea. So we just want to kind of showcase like, hey, yes, here's some beautiful places that we've been, but it, you, you don't necessarily need that. And you don't, you know, we don't want it to be like this business. Mm-hmm. We just want to be able to show like, look, this is possible. Yeah. This is, you know, all of this is something that you can do. You just have to be open to it. Right. Because mm-hmm. I feel like so many people are just trapped in that, like, you know, and, and I fall, you know, victim of it too. Like before we even got the van and I'm following all these people with all these amazing pictures and it's like, babe, are we going to really do it? I feel like we're not going to do it because like we're not doing it right now. And, and sometimes I get into like a trap of like, you know what? It's not going to happen. So I'm just going to like, I'm not even going to expose myself to it because it upsets me that it's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't jump on things right. and like, you know, since meeting Perry, he is someone that's like, you just got to do it. Like, you know, you've got to put your foot forward and get moving. Even with the blog, I'm like, I want it to be a certain way. I'm not going to write anything yet. And he's like, just put stuff out because it's like, I feel the same way with this podcast. Like I've talked to people that are working on podcasts and they're like, well, I read a thing and I'm not supposed to do, I'm not supposed to release them until I have 10 episodes. And I'm like, you can do it. I'm like, but I just jumped in because if I would have weighed it, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, well, do I have these 10? Do they sound good? Then I'm like 10 weeks in and I still didn't do anything. Right. Exactly. And now it's just, I was just like threw myself into the fire. And I've kind of been that way, you know, with everything that I do as well. It's just like, right. I'm just going to do it. And God, I hope it works. Yeah, yeah. he's my inspiration <laughs> for that. Like he, you know. He really, like, he just, he just... I mess up all the time. That's how we learn, (laughs) you know? If you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. But we want to be, like, an inspiration to, like, friends and family and even to more people we come across, like, as, like, you can do what you want. You can follow your dreams. You can Mm -hmm. make it happen. Like, it's not that difficult. Um, And even if I just look at our journey, like, you know, it's been 13 months and it's just, (laughs) like, sometimes I'll be like, why haven't we done like X, Y, aren't we in the van already? Why? And then I'm like, oh my girl, <laughs> it's like, only been 13 like, months. Like, <laughs> we're actually moving pretty fast. But so, like, 
Um, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? Yeah, I, I just think a lot of times, you know, people have these ideas like the podcast or being in the van or traveling and it's something you really want to do but then because you see a problem down the road you're like well I'm not going to start until I fix that problem like well does this sound good enough Mm -hmm. and then do I have enough episodes and all this and you get this you know paralysis by analysis sort of because you are so focused on can I solve every single problem so it's completely smooth and can I be a a Gary V from the start mm-hmm. and it's like no and neither was he all you can be is yourself right and then just accept that yeah maybe the maybe the quality isn't great or this and that has problems or you know the the writing isn't as good or what was your first photo like that you took professionally? oh my goodness I'm sure you'd be like so horrible you probably want to call them and say let me give you a refund right but it's but it's part of the growing process and if you just wait for for your skill set to be where it is now like you had to make those mistakes right to be able to grow so you just have to accept you know solve the one problem if you want to travel just travel and then deal with the well now what do i do that i i already use on my vacation days or like you've hmm. traveled you know sometimes you can just go an hour and find like an amazing beautiful Right. You don't have to, you know, have an international flight somewhere for it to be a travel experience. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. always need to be such a big, glamorous thing. You know, a lot of times we just travel and we, like, my uncle has a, a house in, in in Lake George. And we try to go there as often as possible because it's free lodging. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful, it's a beautiful area. But we will, we'll drive up on, on a Friday night and get there at 12, 1 in the morning and then come home Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not like we just have this huge vacation. It's just we put in the hours to to get that little squeeze right. of, of adventure yeah. exploration mm-hmm. out of it. Or even yeah. just like, even if you're like, I don't want to hike, just get mm-hmm. out there and like what it does, does for you. Like just being, you know, whatever, if you like nature, that's great. But if you're someone that, you know, needs to go to some glamorous place, like even just like, if you do nothing there, it's not like you have to have all these pictures. Like just take that one day and go enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And like you come back, just reset. Yeah. Yeah. And especially here in Philadelphia, go in the Wissahickon. Right. Yeah. You know, like there's over 50 miles of trails in there. You yeah. can hike for a long right. time in there. Yeah. And I just think it, you know, take the shoes off and get your feet in some grass and just kind of feel nature because we're just it's so easy to get stuck in the grind and mm-hmm. in the concrete jungle. And yeah, we, we overcomplicate it. We try to be like, well, I'm going to go to Indonesia right. in two years. I'm going to save up enough money. And it never happens. It's like, just, just go sit at and the I beach. I catch myself mm-hmm. too. When you're in a slump, like when you're like, I just need a break. Like, I'm just sick of this. And like, if he'll be like, let's go to the whiskey, I'm like, nah, I'm just, I'm just going to stay home and, you know, do whatever I need to do. But then the minute that I'm like, I don't want to go, but and I make my I make myself go. Like once I'm out there, I'm like, oh, this uh-huh. is like so good, and like mm-hmm. I'm out of my head, yeah. and I'm enjoying it now. So sometimes it's even like it may just be you just even though you have some resistance, just make that first step because you come back just like with a new set of eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So along with all of this. <laughs> When I got here, you, you moved some papers that that uh, is a lease. 
for yeah. something else. <laughs> for something else that's happening. Yeah, so I'm going to be opening up a second gym, a totally different business model, uh-huh. totally different business, and then leaving in like seven months in a van. <laughs> wow. But um, are we allowed to talk about the gym? What? Yeah. Where? Where? Yeah. So it's going to be in Fairmount. Um, it's going to be a group training. 100% kettlebell focus facility. Mm-hmm. It'll be really the first first kettlebell focused gym in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's been some I've been trying to do this now for a couple years and just it's complicated. It's hard and and mm-hmm. I've always struggled, you know, I am the kind of person that is just who cares about the risk? I can handle that. But with my business and Nicole and all these other factors, it's not just me that's at risk. It's my trainers, it's my clients. So I've gone through these ups and downs of, am I gonna do this? Am I content with what I have? All this back and forth. And I just told her, I was like, you know, I just keep going back to the idea that I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And so just literally one day I just told her, it was probably a week after I told her, I'm definitely not doing it, I told her, well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so the, the beautiful part of this is the girl that I used to train five days a week and her family owned the grocery store. Mm-hmm. They, the grocery store that they operated was in the building that they owned. And I used to train her on a vacant floor, like a vacant space in the building. Mm-hmm. And I always joked, like, someday I'm going to have a gym in this building. And the gym is on the ground floor in their building. No way. Yeah, so eight years after I jokingly like told the father, and he was like, well, you know, we'll see. Uh. <laughs> now now he's sent me a list. They still own, it's still they, their building? Oh, it's still theirs, Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And so I, I, I know the mom, I know the dad, I, I know the whole family, and it's just such a beautiful, like, full, full circle, circle for, you know, someone that saw me when I was, I was nobody in the sense of training. I, I was working for food. You know, and making a couple hundred bucks a month as a trainer mm-hmm. to now I'm signing, you know, a almost a 2,000 square foot ground floor space in the heart of Philadelphia. That's so exciting. Yeah. And then I leave. <laughs> but, you know, this to me is a, it's a great test because it's a new business. It's a new model. Mm-hmm. I think Philly really needs it. I think it, you know, there's a lot of cool aspects to what this gym is going to provide, but then I have no choice but to make it as streamlined and efficient as a, of a business as possible. So now I get to Philly Fitness kind of happened by accident. Mm-hmm. I just wanted my own space, and then people liked it, and then I had to fire myself as a trainer, and now I have a successful gym. But I, I kind of always question, could I really do this on purpose? Mm-hmm. So this is like a way for me to test myself because we have a hard. I'm not going to be the reason why our dream of traveling in this van through Canada doesn't work. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's that's the big news. So on top of planning a second or a vow renewal in September and building a van, I'll be building a business. So the next six months that's... will be nuts. <laughs> so for everyone listening out there, the next time you say you can't do something, listen to this again. <laughs> that's I appreciate that. Very inspiring. Thank you, man. You can do whatever you want, my friends. Put your mind to it. Thank you both so much for taking the time to hang out and chat, and I really appreciate it. So I will link 
everything up in the show notes and please follow them on their journey i'm sure it's going to be amazing (laughs) i can't wait to follow along awesome thank you thank you thank you guys